Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. We're going to flip over to the book of Psalms, chapter number 78, and we're going to land a perfect 10 on verse number 35, Psalms 78 and 35. If you can honor the Lord God, indulge me, but let's honor God. Please stand for the reading of God's holy word. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. Psalms chapter number 78, verse number 35. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yet many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yet they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You could be seated in the presence of our living God, amen. And the title that we're gonna be working with here on today is simply called, Be Mindful of the World That You Create. Be Mindful of the World That You Create. As we are closing out this sermon series, we've been talking about the word world and having an understanding that through faith, through faith, the worlds were framed through the word of God. And so we find ourselves here in, in Psalms chapter number 78, right? Psalms, we know to be a familiar book that most of us tend to run towards, especially when we're dealing with emotional things in our life, because it's here in the book of Psalms that we can find comfort or we can take comfort by the different things that the various writers of the book of Psalms have written. It, it gives us comfort. Uh, it strengthens us for the things that we may be currently dealing with or things that we have dealt with. It's here that we can find that encouragement. We can find that peace. We can find that strength to keep pressing on. And so I like the book of Psalms because it gives us an array of emotions that these various writers have collected for us. You know, we see we see uh, them talking about the anger. We see them talking about the praise and the worship, their adoration, their admiration for God, their disgust towards enemies and things of that nature right there. We see all of these different things, their love for God. We see all of these different emotions on display. I even like how David is brutally honest with God and, you know, asking God to deal with this enemy in specific ways and stuff. And what I appreciate about God, even as David would be brutally honest with God, God gave him space and room to talk and to express what he truly felt down on the depths of his soul and what he thought was right and what he wanted or what he thought God should do to his enemy. God gave him space to be that honest to talk about grind my enemies into dust. God didn't just say, you know what, hey, you shouldn't. No, he gave him space to express this anger, to, to just be open and be honest because what I appreciate about God God respects our honesty. He does better with us when we're truthful and honest with God. Because the truth of the matter is, whether you confess it or not, whether you verbalize it or not, understand this about God. Because he knows all things, he already knows what it is that you're thinking as well as what it is that you feel. Uh, not just about others, but about yourself, about him, about his will. Whatever it is, God knows what it is. Amen. So I appreciate God giving him the room and the space to just be real, just just keep it 100. You know what I mean? Just just, hey, I'm going to be real, 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 real for real, bro. Just keep it all the way real. 
I appreciate God. Uh, but we find ourselves here in Psalms chapter number 78. And Psalms number 78 is known as an Exodus Psalm uh, because it's speaking to the Exodus experience that the people of Israel had when God brought them out of captivity and bondage from underneath Pharaoh and the nation of Egypt. So he's bringing them out, right? And so what would take place, when you look at verses one through eight, it kind of speaks to the purpose of this particular Psalm, right? And then when you go through verses nine through 41, where we will find ourselves in the scripture, right? It begins to talk about how it shows us how God's care for the people of Israel when they had their time, uh, uh, wilderness experience, it showed how God cared for them and how God led them. The scripture lets us know that he led them by day by a, a, a pillar of cloud and by night a pillar of fire, right? And when you dig into that, even the more from the Hebraic perspective and understanding, this pillar of cloud by day, pillar of, of fire by night was, was basically letting us understand not only was God just a guide, but, but at the same time, anytime enemies would approach them for the, or from the front, uh, uh, this pillar of cloud or this pillar of fire was basically sweeping the enemies out of the way of the people of Israel so that, you know, they will always experience victory as God was leading them in the wilderness. So I, I, when I came across that understanding about the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire by night, it gave me a greater sense of appreciation for God, knowing that God was much more than just a guide for them. But God was dealing with the enemies as enemies were approaching them, trying to hinder their destiny or trying to alter what God has spoken to these people concerning how he wanted to establish them as a nation. And so I appreciated that when I came into the knowledge of that. So understand where we find ourselves in this Exodus Psalm is starting at verse number 35, right? And the word says, and they remembered that God was their rock and the high God, their redeemer, right? And so think about this. There were instances, even when you go back and think about their time in the wilderness, how they, they, they had high times where they would give God praise and they would honor God and they would bless God and they were Remember that it was God who brought them out with a mighty arm, a strong hand. It was the Lord God that did miraculous things, parting the Red Sea that they walked over on dry ground. It was him who defeated Pharaoh. All of these different things prove it. It was God against these other gods, right? But proving that he was the only true and living God and beside him, there was no other God. So he proved that he reigned supreme, that he was the sovereign king, the sovereign Lord, the sovereign God, right? So at many times in in their, in their wilderness journey, they were blessed God and they were remembered, they were realized, they were recognized that God was indeed God. He was the true and living God, but he was also the God of Israel. He had a, a personal relationship with this nation, a nation that he chose unto himself to raise up for himself, for his divine purposes and his divine will. And so he would make himself known to these people. He would make himself known to the enemies of this people on behalf of this chosen people. So there were many instances during their wilderness journey that they would bless God and give God all the honor, give God all the glory, praise God, worship God. But then there were also times where they would fall into that, to that lifestyle where they would go whoring after other gods, false gods and idol worship, falling into idol worship, right? But at this junction, the scripture, this is, and they remembered that God was their rock. Right. And, and, and this is what we're saying when we're talking about be mindful of the world that you create. Like right? it's oftentimes when God does the thing that we are looking for God to do for us 
after it's it's that time frame after he does what we were believing God for that thing that we had prayed about cried about sought him in the word for I'm talking about we gave him his word back concerning this thing but once that thing is done once God has accomplished that thing once that thing has manifested itself in the earth realm that's when we have got to be careful because it's as if you don't need to rely upon God anymore because what you were in need of God has fulfilled it so now guess what I don't need anything right now I'm just coasting right now and it's in that moment where you feel like you're coasting that you have got to be mindful of the world that you would create because even as we saw once once God delivered them out of bondage of the affliction of the Egyptians they began to coast right they had moments where they would give God praise they would honor God but there were also moments where they fell hard into idol worship they forgot who brought them out they forgot who delivered them they forgot that God was their God even though God had never left them nor forsaken them he was there for the entire journeys consistently leading them and, and like the scripture tells us he never unleashed his full wrath on the people of God and, and mind you he he had the right to do that but yet knowing who they were and, and, and what he wanted to establish them as in the earth from as his chosen people to be a blessing to all the other nations he forsake that and did not unleash his entire wrath on the people See, that's the reason to give God, right? Some praise right there, right? Because think about it. You, just like the children of Israel, you have had moments where you have forsaken God. Even though he never forsake you, we have forsaken God. We have had moments where other things became the priority and not God. But I'm so glad and I'm so grateful for the mercy of God. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm grateful that his mercies are brand new every day. I'm so glad that even though he had a right to, to unleash his full wrath on me, he decided to remember that I was nothing more than breath that comes and goes and, and that will never come again. And he decided like, mm, no, 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 no. I'm looking at my word. I'm remembering my word, even though he messed up. Listen, I'm going to illustrate and I'm going to demonstrate mercy towards him. I, I have the right to, listen, and I will be justified if I unleash my full wrath, but I'm going to demonstrate mercy. I'm going to be compassionate towards him, towards her, towards them. And for that, I bless the name of the Most High God. But it says, and they remember that God was their rock, their foundation, their steadfast foundation, that sure thing, that unmovable thing. It was God. Though others may come and go, enemies may come and go, people within the nation during this wilderness journey may come and go. The thing that remained constant or the individual that remained a constant state, it was God by being their rock. The one that was movable, you can't move him. Even if you tried to move him, you cannot move him. If your enemies tried to move him, they cannot move him. He was the one constant thing that remained a constant state throughout this whole journey. It was God. And they remembered that God was their rock. He is our sure foundation. And it says, and not only did they remember that God was their wrong, but also that, that, that God was their redeemer, that God was indeed their redeemer, right? The one that would rescue them. Anytime they, they, they came to where they needed rescue, it was God that would rescue them. They didn't have the means of the wherewithal to save themselves. If they could save themselves when they were crying out to God while they were still in bondage uh, under the hands of the Egyptian, they would have saved themselves then. But they didn't have the, the wherewithal or they didn't have the means to save themselves from the bondage or the afflictions of the Egyptian. That's why they cried out to God from the onset. 
See, some of us, you have got to remember. And, and see, most of you, a lot of times, you go all the way back to when he first saved you. No, 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 no. Let me remind you something that God just reminded me. God talked to me. He talked to me so plain. He, he told me, it used to be, because you act like you don't care anymore. It used to be a time where you would tell me every day my soul is on the line. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because I understood this flesh that I wrestle with, this flesh and the struggles that come with this flesh and the sin that this flesh is prone to, it is something real that I struggle with every day. But every day I'm trying to my best to, to, to yield it. And I'm trying to submit not just to the spirit of God, but to the word of God, to the purpose of God, to the plan of God, and to the will of God. I am trying to submit who I am, my total being. I'm trying to submit all of my mind, not parts of my mind, but I'm trying to submit all of my mind. I'm trying to submit all of my heart. I'm trying to submit all of this body so that it can be the living temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to submit all all of who I am, my soul, my spirit, this physical body. I'm trying to submit every part of my being completely to God. But but if I'm being honest, this flesh, oh, this flesh, uh, some of the things that this flesh wants to indulge in, I like it. Yes, it feels good. It's pleasurable. It, it tastes good. You got to understand. It feels good. It sounds good. It looks good. And, and you got to understand some days, uh, some days because it feels good, it tastes good, and I want it, I desire it, it's, it's hard to choose God all the way. But he reminded me. You used to be of the mindset where you understood your soul is on the line. At any moment, I can choose to go contrary to the things of God. I can choose something or someone other than God. And God forbid that he cracks the sky open and I run the risk of missing him for a moment of pleasure. Oh, that's see, that's what he was getting at. Uh, you know what? I should be the one that please you. I should be the thing that and I should be the one that you seek out that I should be your need. Oh, you got to understand. I need him. I want him. I have got to have him. I love him. He, he is. He's, he's got to come back to where he's my first priority. He's he's the one that matters most. He's the reason that I live and that I breathe and have my existence. He's the reason that I understand I am who I am. Why I do what I do is because of God. He's got to come back and be in his rightful place as sitting on the throne as of my heart, as being, as being the Lord of my heart, as being the Lord of my life. He's got to come back. We've got to put him back in his rightful place. And a lot of times you can start doing that when you just simply go back and remember, oh, who is he to you? And, and they said he was our rocker. He was our redeemer. But for some of you, you know him. He's my deliverer. Oh, yeah, you understand. He's my strong tower. Yes, he for some of you, you just simply call him father. You got to understand he's a father to you. When everybody else seems to abandon you, neglect you, forget about you, overlook you, look past you, he's the one that looked down upon you and chose you. He's your father that is in heaven who's watching out for your soul. You got to understand he is a redeemer. He's the one that rescues me when I'm about to fall into a trap, the trap of the enemy, the trap that I later set for myself or the trap that another individual has set for me. He's the one that reaches down and rescues me as my redeemer. You got to remember who God is. You got to remember who he is. He says, and they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. The high God their redeemer. But watch this. After having a moment of remembering who God was, it becomes so easy to forget God. It becomes so easy to quickly forget God. Right in the next verse, it says, nevertheless, 
they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues, right? It says, nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, right? This word flatter in the Hebrew is simply talking about they, they deceived God. They tried to deceive. Now we know, we understand clearly. There is no deceiving God. God knows all things, but, but, but they had an attempt to deceive God with their flattering speech, with their flattering tongue. It was an attempt to deceive God, to make God believe that, that what we're saying is actually this right here when it's really this over here, right? And do you know somebody, can you relate where you flatter God? You've had flattering tongues with God. Most of us, you tried to deceive God or flatter God when you told him yes. Oh, you really told God yes in the moment when the service got high, you all of a sudden, you start feeling this little chill run down your spine and you got all emotional, you understand what I'm saying, and you were spinning all good down deep in the depths of your soul, and that's when a yes came running out your mouth, but 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 as time went on, as time went on, you found out that you didn't really mean that yes when you gave it at that time, it was an emotional yes, and God is looking for you to rededicate your yes, God is looking for you to give him a real yes, not a yes to try to flatter God, to pacify God, but to say, God, I mean it, this time when I give you my yes, God, I mean it from the depths of my heart, God, from the depths of my soul, God. I want my yes to be true, God. I want my yes to be a yes, God, a yes that I will not take back, God, a yes that I won't compromise, God, a yes, God, that I would not be afraid to give a yes, God, that I would not be confused about me giving a yes, but I'm so sure, God, that you deserve my yes, God. That's the type of yes. I'm totally committed, God, to what you're saying, God. I'm totally committed to who you are and what you're saying about my... This is what I'm saying when I say yes. I'm saying yes to the Lord, to your will, God, to your way, God, to your divine purpose, God. I say yes, God. But people will try to flatter God, to deceive God, or simply in their speech is talking about to be dishonestly pleasing. Your speech is dishonest, but you say it in such a manner that you try to please God. You understand what I'm saying? And you try to structure your words in a manner within your sentence that, 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 that it strokes if God has flesh. You know the term we talk about stroking somebody's flesh, trying to make them feel good. This is what they're trying to do. What God would not have it. God is not going to allow you to stroke him. He's not some pet that you can pet like you pet your dog or your cat. Oh, you got to understand, we're talking about the mighty one. Oh, you got to understand, we're talking about the sovereign God, the sovereign Lord, the sovereign King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Ah, oh, how dare you think you can pet God and stroke God with your flattering tongue. The devil is 100% a lie. He's the father of lies. And to make you believe that you can stroke God with your flattering tongue, he will not have it. And I come as a spokesman on today to let you know he is not going to stand for no it's the truth that god desires and i remember like apostle would say i command the truth that will come out of your mouth oh yes 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 let a real yes a true yes an honest yes a, a committed and devoted yes come out of your mouth uh, not flattering words not that of a flattering tongue but a real truth come out your mouth because it's the truth that you know that makes you free the bible lets us know and understand right he says, so I'm telling you, you got to be mindful of the world that you're creating because after God has done what you was in need of asking God for, seeking God for, you have got to be careful in that space uh, 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 of, of, of your next need coming up. It's, it's, it's in that meantime where, where you need God to do something again. If you're not careful, you can create a world where, where, where God is not in that world, where God is not a part of that world, where you have forgotten God in this meantime. 
in this space in between needing God to deliver you again, needing God to heal again, needing God to rescue again, needing God to reveal himself again, needing God to show up and show out again, needing God to intervene again. You got to be careful, mindful of the world that you create, right? Even when we talk about being mindful of this world, right? It's, it's you have got to have knowledge. Utilize the knowledge that God has given you. That while you're floating between needing God to, to meet you again after he's already met you, you've got to utilize the knowledge that God has given you, right? And, and, and even mindful, the word mindful talks about understanding the knowledge or having knowledge, but it also talks about remembrance, remembrance, right? Being mindful is to be able to remember, right? It's in these moments, you got to remember who brought you out just a while ago. You got to remember who delivered you just a moment ago. You got to remember it was nobody but God. I couldn't bring myself out. It was nobody but God. The one that healed me, it was nobody but God. The Tylenol couldn't do it. The lead couldn't do it. The muscle relaxer couldn't do it. It was nobody but God. You got to remember who did what you were in need of. It was nobody but God. He's the only one that gets the credit. The glory belongs to God. I remember the old folk would say, God, get the glory. You don't hear that at church no more, but today I declare, God, get the glory. Yes, uh, get the glory, God. Get the glory for what it is that you you're doing, God, get the glory, God, right? So understand, it's not that you're just remembering or having knowledge when you've been mindful, but to be mindful is also talking about to have recognition, you know, uh, 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 taking thought of. You You got to recognize it was God. Uh, you got to recognize it was God because the enemy would try to make you think, you did that. That happened because of you. If you wouldn't have did what you did, listen, you wouldn't have came out with the outcome that you had. No, you could have did everything that you did and still would have ended up with a different outcome. But that's why we say, but God, oh, because he understood. Listen, God, my faith is weak right now, God. And if you don't come through, God, I'm probably going to fall off, God. But the reality, God, I want you to keep me. I need you to keep me, God. And I need you to do this, God. If you don't do this, God, I'm struggling in my faith, God. Not just in my faith, but I'm struggling in my salvation. I need you to move, God. I need the proof that it is you, God. I don't need to be confused about who did it. I, I need to know, God, at a set of a now, it was nobody but you, God. Have you ever been there? I've been there many times. I, I, I need to know it was you, God. Some days I say, God, give me a sign that it's you, God. I don't want to fall to, to in that and make the mistake of giving anybody else the credit, God. I want you to get all of the glory, God. Let me know that it was you, God. Hmm. Be mindful of the world that you create while you're moving in the meantime space between God coming to reveal, coming to perform, coming to deliver, coming to heal. Once again, be mindful of the world that you create. Because again, what you must see, their speech, look at their speech, is a key ingredient of the world that they're creating. We, we remember God, and then suddenly, as soon as we move into the next verse, right, we're trying to deceive God. We're, 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 we're trying to stroke God with our words and pacify God with our words, right? We're, we're trying to butter God up, get God prepared for what we're about to do next. It says, for their heart was not right with him, right? For their, for their heart was not right with him. 
neither were they steadfast in this covenant. Now, isn't this something that says he, he's, he's moving and operating as a pillar of cloud and pillar of fire daily with you. Sweeping your enemies out the way when they try to come and attack you. Providing for you to the point that you don't even outgrow your shoes or your clothes. You want me? Okay, I'll give you manna. You can't even put a word to it to describe it. It's just, what? What is this? What? Uh, and isn't that just like God? God would do something that would have you so, so just you can't even describe it. You know it was God, but you can't even put the words to it to, to even really give him the case. Just what? I'm just left what? Like so confused by what he done. But I know it was nobody but him that did what he did. I just ain't got the words to describe what you just did. I'm just left with what? He says, well, their heart was not right with him. Their heart was not right. People, their heart was not right. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Their heart was not right. We are coming because there has to be a heart check on today. You have got to check your heart. A lot of times you, you spend so much time in your head talking to yourself, examining your thoughts, uh, trying to figure out what it is that you're going to say release from here, but you spend little time checking your heart. Uh, but the Bible lets us know it's out of the abundance of your heart that the mouth is going to speak. And truth be told, we can use mind and heart interchangeably a lot of times you speak from here and there are times that you speak from here but he said there has got to be a heart check you have got to check your heart oh and see a lot of you are in the predicaments that you are in uh, got also with people that you have because you have not checked your heart you said you forgave folk but you still acting funny with folk don't want to hardly talk to nobody definitely don't want to come around and you still trying to use COVID as a reason you don't want to go around but we see you go shopping we see you go out to eat you go everywhere you want to go but when it comes time to to spend the time with other saints you got a problem because you have not checked your heart you don't want to talk to me but i'm gonna show talk to you yes i am and i know you want me to stop but i ain't gonna stop till you get enough no i'm not gonna stop you got to check your heart yeah, he's calling for you to check your heart. Deal with that bitterness that, that, that you claim to have covered up. Uh, no, but God sees that bitterness. We hear it in your speech. Or we hear it in your language. And for some of you, you don't even try to let it come out. But it comes out even in some of the subject matter that you talk about. Bitterness leaks out. It falls out of your mouth with some of the discussions that you have. You got to check your heart. Oh, you got to check your heart. The downright hatred that is some of the hearts of the people of God. I'm talking about you are a son or a daughter of God and you got hatred and bitterness in your, you have got to check your heart and you trying to figure out why God is not doing it because there is an issue with your heart that you are not dealing with. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to check your heart. You got to check your heart. You got to check. Get your heart right. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your language right. You got to get your words right. You have got to get your thoughts right. Your foul thoughts are infecting your heart. Your foul conversation is affecting your heart. And understand this. You are infecting other people. 
Because they tell me hurt people hurt other people. I know it to be true. I, I was one of them individuals that was hurt. I didn't go with the intention to hurt folk, but even though I didn't go with the intention to hurt folk, I found myself leaving the presence of a hurt individual that was hurt by me, even though I didn't go with the intention to hurt them. They were hurt by me. Oh, check your heart. You, you got to check your heart. He said, your heart is not right. Ooh, understand the Bible lets us know your heart is deceitful. Oh, come on, it's deceitful. It, it will trick you into believing that you are okay, that everything is all right, that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not bitter, you're not angry, you're not mad, you're not dealing with no hatred. You, you like them, you're okay with them. No, you tolerate them, you stand them, you want to deal with them with a long wooden handle spoon. The devil is a liar, no. No, that's not the nature, and that is not the character of God. Stop it. Your heart is not right. Your heart is not right. Only want to call them when, when, when tragedy happens in their life. I just wanted to call and check on you. But I needed you to check on me when tragedy didn't happen on a regular normal day. It's on a regular normal day that I was struggling with my mind. It's on a regular normal day that I was struggling with holding on to God, unchanging hand. I wish you would have checked on me then. I appreciate your check on me now, but what about the regular normal days? Understand the enemy is just, he's not busy only when tragedy strikes. He's busy on a regular, normal day. Check on me then. When you think I'm all right, check on me then. When you think nothing is popping out, check on me then. When you think I got it all together, check on me then. No, you don't do it because your heart is not right. He said, for the heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant, right? And what he's saying is talking about the steadfast is they were not faithful to the covenant that God has set up with them at Mount Sinai, which is I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And everybody said, yes, Lord, we will be your people. Yes, God, we will worship you as the true God. Yes. But they're not being faithful. They're not being committed. They're not full of faith, believing in the covenant of what God said. As, as according to this covenant, I am going to establish you as a nation, my chosen people, to be a blessing to all the other nations of the world. You will be my people and I will be your God. But they find themselves not being faithful to the covenant, not being committed to the covenant. No, you can't just go break this. You can't just rip this up like it's a contract. You can't just tear this up like it's a piece of paper. No, you gave God your yes. You can't quit God when it seems difficult. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like God is blessing everybody else. Uh, and I've been crying out. You know, you know how the enemy will make you walk in deception and make you think you living this life better than everybody else around you. Well, I know I'm living better than such and such. I know I pray more than such and such. I know I got more faith. Really? Then why is your prayer not answered? Because your heart is not right. What you're praying all day and all night self. 
You've been a great man, great woman of faith. Oh, yes. But your heart is not right. Your eyes are not fixed on him because you're too busy looking at everybody else that you believe God is blessing and he's not blessing you. Your heart is not right. You have not been faithful or committed to the covenant that you have been established with God. Get your heart right. Get your heart right. But, 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 but look at this right here. He says, but he, but he being full of compassion, right? Forgave the iniquity. Oh, you got to understand. Uh, let me tell you about this word iniquity. Something God taught me about this, a principle God taught me a long time ago about this word iniquity. He broke it up in acronym form for me, right? Uh, listen, listen, listen. If you take the first two letters of the word iniquity, N, right? And then you take the third letter, I, I. In other words, N, I, or in me, something wants to quit. And then the Y is you. In me, God, in I, in me, something wants to quit you. Something wants to separate from you, something wants to divorce you, something wants to get away from you, whether it's a thought process, whether it's an emotion God, whether it's I'm mad God I'm upset God, I feel like I've been wrong God, not by you but by your people God, something in me wants to quit you God, oh you had better be careful be mindful of the world that you are creating, don't allow the enemy to deceive you that God is not good enough, don't allow the enemy to deceive you that God is not enough Oh, let me park right here just for a minute because you got to understand when you talk about a need, right? Many people walk away from God because of a need. Uh, when they feel like God has not met a need, when they feel like God has not answered prayer according to a need, people's priorities will shift from God to a need and they will focus on this need. I have seen people walk away from God because they felt like they needed a man. They have walked away from God because they believed they needed a woman. They have walked away from God because because they believe they needed a house, needed a car. Listen, you have got to understand, God outweighs every other thing. He outweighs every other individual. God has got to be first. He has got to be first. Not just today, but tomorrow. He has got to be first. And the next day, he has got to be first. And the next day, he has got to be first. He has got to be first at all times. I appreciate God. Because it says, but he being full of compassion. Oh, oh, Lord have mercy. I can fall in the floor right there. Being full of compassion. Mm. See, if it was left up to you and I uh, to play God for a day and people try to patty cake us and pacify us and stroke our flesh with their flattering tongue, oh, you and I would have quickly threw a lightning bolt in somebody's direction. Don't play with me. You got it twisted. You understand? But God being full of compassion, he forgave their iniquity. That thing that was on the inside of them that made them want to divorce God, separate God, quit God, and say, God, I'm through with you, God. You know what? I'm about to get involved in something else. I'm about to date somebody else, God. Somebody else is about to get my heart. Somebody else is about to get my romance, God. Somebody else is about to have my time. But before you do it, listen, he's a God that is full of compassion. Ready. He's quick and ready to forgive, right? So the Bible lets us know that he's, he's full of compassion. He forgives. Gave 
forsake their iniquity and destroyed them not. And you got to understand, if he would have chosen to destroy them, God would have been justified in what he was doing. Because the Bible lets us know he's not a fair God, but he's a just God. And if he would have chosen to destroy, he would have been justified. Whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you agree with it or not, he would have been justified, which is in God's language, I would have been right to do what I did. No one can question my actions. But the Bible says that he destroyed them not. Yay. Many a time turned he his anger away. Oh, see, right there, somebody ought to put some running emojis in the chat and let me know that you're grateful because many times, oh, like David, that's why David is one of my favorite characters. You got to understand because he understood dealing and wrestling with this flesh is a real thing. It's a daily thing. And every day I'm prone to fall to the nature of this flesh. And the time that I happen to fall to the nature of this flesh, oh, God demonstrates his mercy he shows that he's full of compassion and listen he forgives me but not only that he's done it many times many days he's done it he's shown me compassion mercy and he's forgiven me so yeah many times turn he not his yeah many times turn he his anger away and did not right and did not stir up all his wrath Oh, come on, you a bad somebody if you think you can take the wrath of God. And, and, and the scriptures say all oh, his wrath. You, you a bad somebody if you think you can take a portion of God's wrath. I'm not the one to be trying to test God. Now, there's some things I will try to test, but that thing called judgment, I don't want no parts of it, God. You got to understand, anytime I hear the J word, oh, listen, my ears perk up and I'm trying to figure out what is God trying to say to me in order not to be judged. Listen, this is going to happen unless you do this right here. I, I, I'm trying to pay attention for that if or unless you do this right here. You got... Anytime that J word is thrown in my vicinity, oh, I, I get nervous. Wait a minute, hold up, hold up. I'm trying to figure out who, who, who you're talking to, God. Whoever you about to throw this judgment towards, God, I'm not even trying to be in the same room with them, God. Oh, you got to understand, because I don't know, I don't want no parts of that, God. The scripture lets us know. He did not stir up all of his wrath. The Bible says, it, it tells <clears throat> Listen, we, we, we got to be mindful. Lest you fall into the hands of an angry God. <laughs> right? Is, isn't that what he tells us? Uh, you got to be mindful. Paul tells us that. Lest you fall into the hands of an angry God. Now, if, if God chooses to be angry, I would rather God just be angry, but don't extend your hand when you're angry, God. Oh, see, y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. Because it said, no, listen, listen, I don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God. No, talk to me. You can, you can send angry words my way. Let me know how displeased you are. Let me know how upset you are. But don't extend your hand, God. Please don't extend your hand. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Unless it's your right hand, God. The hand that you're going to hold me up with. Oh, you got to know. I know how to talk. I know how to talk to him. Got to understand, right? The Bible says, for he remembered that they were but flesh. 
He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Look at God taking into account when you stand next to him, who you are in comparison to who he is. He says he remembered. You're just mere flesh. And a spirit, wind is talking about the Ruach or spirit. Matter of fact, the spirit that you have, it came from me. <laughs> you got to understand, without me, you're nothing. Oh, I'm so glad that God understands. Listen, I am nothing without you, God. That's something that I'm trying to remind God. God, I am nothing without you, God. I can't make it without you, God. I need you, God. Yes, I need you. Every day, every second, every minute of the day, God, I need you. I am nothing without you. I, listen, you got to understand, I'm like David, don't take your spirit away from me, God. If you take your spirit, where is the life? He's telling you, when, when, when I compare you to who I am, when I allow you to stand next to me, I remember that you're nothing but, because see, you got to understand the God that he is. To be rebellious towards God like this, meaning to come against God like this, being disobedient is coming against God as if you're waging war against God. And you got to understand, we understand that he's the Lord of hosts, the God of the angelic army, but the Bible also says that he's a man of war. You got to understand. I don't just deal with the heavenly warfare, but even if I got to come in the earth room and deal with you, I am a man of war. You got to understand God loves to fight. <laughs> Because he's always victorious. You got to, he would never lose. And, 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 and for us to approach God with this rebellious mindset, rebellious speech, being disobedient, it's as if we're coming against God in a warfare type nature. He would not stand for it. He would present himself as a man of war. So when you're standing next to him, you're standing next to him as if he's a man of war, ready to do battle, ready to conquer. But he says, I remember, gee, I'm so grateful. Before you unleash your wrath, before you unleash your sword, God, he remembered that you and I were nothing but flesh and a wind. Mm. That passive away and coming not again. You're only here because of me. Oh, that's the mercy of God. See, that's still the mercy of God. When God, before he, before, you know how the scripture talks about, he, he smote them, he was smite, smitten, meaning to strike before God struck us. Listen, he had a moment where he remembered. Thank God that he's not an impulsive God. <laughs> Oh, I bless your wonderful name. I'm so glad that he's a God. He, he thinks about things. He weighs things out. You got to understand. Uh, he doesn't just move impulsively, but he understands if I do this, what the consequences are going to be after he strikes. So before I strike, I'm going to take a moment to remember. That's the mercy of God. The fact that he's taking a moment. Pausing for the cause to remember that you and I are nothing but flesh, a, a wind that passes away and cometh not again. We only exist because of God. That is the mercy of God. 
Be mindful of the world that you create. The world is created by the words that you speak. And listen, there are times even when we pray and we're praying the scriptures, giving God back his word, we're trying to create an, a literal physical atmosphere around us in our homes, in the buildings that we're praying in. But listen, it's not enough for you to create an atmosphere just in that literal physical space. What about the atmosphere in here? God also wants that to be an atmosphere in this living temple that is conducive for his Holy Spirit to come rest abide and rule in this living temple, not just in your home, but in your home, but also in this living temple. I'm grateful for the mercy of God that he remembered. That's a word right there. Tell somebody God remembered. Uh, and see, it's not that he just remembers that you are flesh and wind. God remember what he said to you. That's why he just strike us down. That's why he just unleashed all of his wrath because he remember what he said. He remember the covenant that he has made with you. He remember the prayers that your grandma prayed. He remember the prayers that your mama prayed. He remember the prayers that you cried silently weeping at night. He remember the prayers that apostle prayed. He remembered the prophet words that apostle spoke. He remembered the dreams that were interpreted by Bonita, um, MK, Pastor Ivan, Prophetess Russia. He remembered. I'm so glad that God remembered. Now, if I'm truly being honest, I didn't think it was possible. But, but when you move down, it says, how often did they Vote. And when I say I didn't think it was possible, I'm talking about uh, uh, being able to limit God. I'm going to just throw that, let that hang out there for you for a second, right? right? But, but he says, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness? How often did they provoke him? How often have you and I provoked God? You witness and you might have got up early to seek him, but you really wasn't seeking him that you would commune with him. You just got up early just to fulfill that obligation. I got up early, but not for the You wanted to seek God, not for God to come and deal with you, not for God to come and speak to you about your day or speak to you about somebody that you would encounter throughout the course of your day. No, you just just got up for the sake of I got up and if anybody come ask me that I pray for five o'clock prayer I can say yes they're not gonna be telling myself well you was disobedient and you did not obey no boo boo I obey no you did not you did not seek him that you would find him no, you did not. And playtime, it is done. It is time for playing with God. If you're going to get up early, make it count. Seek him for real. While God is allowing himself to be found, go find God. Let God reveal himself. I'm talking about provoke God, invoke God, that he will reveal himself to you. Stop playing with this thing. Oh, Stop playing. A lot of times you only hear people pray with passion, fervency, when they got a need, when they want God to bless them, want God to do something. Where is that same passion? Where is that same fervency? Where is that same fire? Where is that same desire? When it just comes to, I want you, God. I, I, don't, I don't need to do nothing else but just give me you. Where is that same passion and fire? Then stop playing with this thing and, and be saved for real. Be sold out for real. Giving all of your heart, giving all of your mind, giving all of you for real. Remember, you are in covenant with God. It says, how often did they provoke God? 
here again, coming up against God by being rebellious. How often did you come against God by being rebellious? How often did you come against God by showing disobedience directly towards him? It's directed towards God when you would not do what he said, how he said to do it, when he said to do it. Showing disobedience is as if you're coming against who God is, provoking God in the wilderness, that wild place. And if you really been real, with all of the things that have transpired in the last two to three years, it feel like we have been in the wilderness, wild places. COVID appeared to be dying down, but looked like that thing was resurrected. You got to understand, now it looked like COVID got a partner, now the monkey is on the scene, jumping on four. You got, God, we are in the, the wild place. But don't forget, God was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, sweeping enemies out the way. They never even knew enemies came up against them because by the time they got close enough, God would sweep them out the way. They had no clue that God had defeated enemies. I love that some defender about Jesus culture. It talks about how you have gone to fight my victory before I even knew. And you claim the victory that you won. You let me claim it as my own. I did nothing. But because you're victorious and because I'm connected to you, that makes me victorious. Even though I didn't lift a hand, it was all you. But listen, I ain't no dummy. If you're going to give me the victory, I'll take it. I'm going to take that there. Uh, yes, uh, not that W under my wind column. I'm going to take that one right there. Oh, yes, uh, I'm going to take that one. Take that devil. I'm going to take that one. I'm a winner because God is the champion. I'm victorious because he's a champion. He's undefeated at all times. I'm going to take that win. He says, often they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the, in the, in the desert, right? And when you talk about this, this, this grieving, talking about to bring God pain, right? Bringing God pain, right? Disappointing God. Disappointing God and bringing God pain. Have you ever thought about when you come up against God, when you show him your disobedience, when you rebel against God, you bring God pain? Pain? Is the reason we hurt you? You're hurting God. See, that was one thing that would move me all the time. I would always keep it in the forefront of my mind. God, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt your heart, God. And, and, and if I'm being honest, uh, the, the, I feel like the longer I've been saved, the more things that I've dealt with, something as, as I've learned more and grown more in God, some of those what I consider to be basic or elementary principles, I feel like I've got the way. And I'm not saying that I'm too good for them. I just simply forgot about them. And what I'm saying, that was something that kept me humble before God, kept me at a place where I understood it's all about you, God. I am nothing without you. I can't make it without you, God. I need you. And the last thing I want to do, God, is to hurt your heart. I don't want to hurt you, God. And if I have hurt you, God, listen, from the bottom of my heart, weeping and crying, I would say, God, I'm so sorry, God. I, I am not just repenting, God, but I'm apologizing, God. I want you to know, God, I'm not running away. I did, and I would name what I did. I did it, God. And I'm sorry that I did it, God. Some things I did knowingly and some things I did unknowingly, God. But whatever I did, God, I'm sorry and I repent, God. I don't want to hurt you, God. 
If you're going to be hurt, I don't want it to be by my hand. I don't want it to be by the decisions that I made. I don't want it to be by actions that have come from me, God. If you are going to be hurt, don't let it come from me, God. I want to be the one to love on you, God. I want to be the one to honor you, God. I don't want to be the one that will worship you, God. Not hurt you, but worship you, God. Not hurt you, but honor you, God. Not, not hurt you, but love on you, God. Not hurt you, but lift you up, God. Not hurt you, but exalt you and extol you, God. Not, not hurt you, but, 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 but just be your son and you be my father. He tells us, hey, they turn back. I tempted God limited the Holy One of Israel. And again, I threw the thought out there. I didn't think it was possible to limit God, the one who is almighty, that has all power. But yet the scripture is telling us he was limited. And, and, and I want to ask you the question, could it be, could it be, could it be you're not seeing the manifestation or the answer prayers in your life because you have limited God? Because you turn back and you begin to tempt God. Not trusting, not being faithful, not being committed to the covenant that you have established with God when you gave God your yes. To limit God is to grieve God, that you are not being who God called you and created you to be. To, to limit God is to grieve God, that you are not doing what God has purposed you in this earth realm to do, uh, to, to submit completely to his will. Drop this nugget on you. Listen, I, I, I don't care. You may have, you may experience some success in your life. But I stand before you and I tell you, as a man of God, if you don't submit all the way, all the way, submit your mind all the way, submit your heart all the way, submit your spirit, your soul, this body all the way. Not just to God, but those that God has placed over you as leadership. If you don't submit all the way, what God has said will not flourish like he said it's supposed to flourish. It will not be how God said it's supposed to be. I'm telling you from personal experience. Until I made up my mind. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God reminded me. He said things will change when you will make up your mind. Get back to making up your mind about things. I made up my mind one day at the five o'clock prayer. God said, is that enough for you? And I knew exactly what he was talking about. I say, no, it's not, God. He said, listen, things will change when you will make up your mind. Get back to making up your mind. I said, I'm making up my mind that I'm coming after you, God. I'm coming after you for real. And when I made my mind up, where I was struggling to get in a place of worship, where it seemed like it would take me so hard and so long to get in worship, something that came easy to me. And some days when I would try, I would give up because it felt so hard. And I was just, well, God, I prayed. At least I talked to you. I didn't get to worship. That was my goal. But at least I talked to you, God. And the truth be told, if I'm being completely honest, when I don't worship, it's as if I'm dying on the inside. To be a true worshiper is part of my purpose. And when my purpose is not being fulfilled, it's as if I'm dying. It provides life. It gives life to me. So when I made up my mind to come back after God, I'm telling you, God would just drop it wasn't anything that was big and small things. God would just drop it in my spirit or speak to me and tell me to pray about something or someone. 
In a matter of three to five minutes praying, I would find myself in the car in the house and in full-blown worship, just, just weeping before God. And one day in particular, I go back to August 14th on my wife's birthday. I just felt led. When my wife was out with some of the women. I just felt led to just, just get up and pray. God just, just told me just get up and pray. I didn't even know what to pray about. So I just got up. I put some worship music on and I just started praying. I began to hear some of the words. Lord, I thank you. I began to hear some of the words. Then the words begin to come alive in my spirit. And as I begin to pray and release it in my atmosphere, I'm telling you, like never before, God just came in like a mighty rush of wind, like a, like a wave that just overtook me, that just came over me, enveloped me. And just before you knew it, when I opened my eyes, I only came out of worship because one of my children came because my wife was trying to get in contact with me. And one of my children tapped me on the shoulder. But I'm telling you, when I looked at the clock, I had been in worship over three hours and I just poured my heart out to God. I said, God, this is what I've been trying to get back to. You know my heart, God, I want to get back to the place, God, where I spend hours before you, God, where you just come, God. You come and commune and you come and sub with me, God. I'm not coming because I want anything other than you, God. I just want only you, God. You are enough for me, God. I don't, I, don't, I don't need anything other than you, God. I just want to know you, God. I want to be intimate with you, God. And the only thing I can remember is what God told me. God said, I miss you coming to worship me. I miss you coming to lay before me. And that thing was just ringing in my spirit. I couldn't shake it. And I'm telling you how all it was, it was just a desire. That was just a pull as if there was a push pushing me towards God. And I was like, God, I'm so grateful because I remember the many days I would try to worship and it seemed so difficult to even get into the presence of God. And I felt like I was failing God because you created me to be a true worship and I can't even honor the purpose and that you placed in my life. I'm falling so short, God. I just need help, God. I don't I feel like I don't even know how to worship anymore, God. And number days, all I can say was just God help me, God. Help me, God. I desire to worship, but I don't even feel like I know what to do, God. It seemed like it was such a strange thing to worship you, God. Just help me though. And I'm telling you, when I made up my mind, when I made up my mind, I'm telling you, it's as if God just lifted something or broke something that was hindering me, stopping me from going to that place of worship. And I'm telling you, I, I just worship God. And God just met me in such a way that just, I can't even put it into words. I can't even really describe how God met me. But I'm just telling you, God met me in such a way that only he knew how much I needed him in that moment. And I'm not saying that I was at a place where I was going to walk away from God. I'm not saying I was struggling with my faith, none of that. I just felt like I was dying on the inside because I could not do what I was created to do as a true worshiper. I felt like the life was being pulled from my literal physical body and I did not have the words to express or explain this to nobody. And I'm just only days I can just say, God, help me, God. I want to worship, but I don't even feel like I know how to do it. God, help me do what you created me to do. 
And I'm telling you, when God met me, I just poured my heart out to God. I just laid before God and I just wept and I cried and I can feel the presence of God just envelop me to comfort me and to let me know I'm here. I'm here. And that's all I was at. God, I, I, I just need you to come. Come now. And, and I remember listening to one of the songs and it talks about, you know, the atmosphere is changing. And I can sense my atmosphere started changing. And then there's another portion of the song where it says, the evidence is all around that my atmosphere had changed and I can see the evidence. I can see, I can feel. I was encountering the evidence that God was present in my home. All the noise that was happening upstairs suddenly became quiet. And my children are accustomed to us praying, speaking in tongues, worship. This is what they've known from the time that they've been in the womb. And all the noise just ceased. Even though they might have still been doing things, but they understood something was happening. And I said, God, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful, God, that you, you loved me enough that you would come. In spite of my, my shortcomings, God, my imperfections, you, I'm still your son and you would come because I'm your son. I didn't think it's possible, but it is possible. Scripture showing us you can limit the Holy One of Israel. Them turning back desiring the things that God has delivered them from, turning back to things that, that they believe is better than God. It can tempt God or it can limit God. And again, this, this word limited is speaking to, you can grieve God. You can cause God pain. Uh, or, or, or you allow God to be subject to limitations. How God wants to really come and show out in your life, you can subject God to limits. And if it's not that, <clears throat> this last definition of limited, I want you to see this last definition of limited because I thought it was, this was so profound. Definition number three talks about mediocre. This almighty God who's mighty in battle who has all power in his hand. It's as if you can make this powerful, this all-powerful God become a mediocre being. When he wants to come and show up and show out in your life, if the honor for God is not there, you, it's as if you can present God as being a mediocre being. The one that has all power in his head can appear to be a mediocre or an average God. As if he, it's like the, 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 the other gods, those who can't speak, those who can't hear you, those who can't provide for you, those who can't deliver. It's as if you put him in the same class as these other gods. The God that we're supposed to stand in awe of because he's such an awesome God. But we can limit the Holy One of Israel. And make him appear to be just a mediocre or an average God. So I, I implore you, B, 
be mindful of the world that you create. While you're coasting through the meantime, waiting for God to do the next thing in your life, be mindful of the world that you create by the words that you speak, by the words that you think. Be mindful of the world that you create. It's not enough for the world to, to constantly try to disrespect our God in their music, in, in, in across the television shows. But this is my thing. Don't help them disrespect God by you limiting God to make him appear as if he's an average or mediocre God. No, you be mindful of the world that you create. Amen.